as we're about to get into 2023, I don't, I just don't know what's next. I don't have the energy. The best thing you can do when you're in a place within yourself that you feel like you're doomed or you feel like you're depressed or that everything is falling apart is to go out and give. In summary, I just want to be helpful and be useful. I'm really learning the importance of being dependent in my season right now. All right, Afrograds, welcome back to another episode of the Afrograd podcast. I'm Robert. And I'm Victoria. And quite honestly, given the past two weeks, I didn't know if I'd be able to say those words again. No, I'm just (laughs) kidding. But it has been a crazy two weeks because if you are following us closely, you might have noticed that we didn't post an episode two weeks ago, nor did we post a YouTube video or anything like that. And as much as it pained us, there were lots of reasons as to why. And we wanted to come back and share with the Afrograd fam as to what happened, why we didn't post, what that reasoning looks like, because there were a lot of things that were in circulation for us that didn't turn out the way that we had hoped. But it's so good to see you, friend. I miss you. I miss being back on the podcast (laughs) mic. As we normally do, we decided to switch it up. (laughs) That part, that very much so, because I'm not seeing you physically. We're not even in the same studio where we have been recording. Mm -hmm. No, it was not a part of the plan, but now I'm going with it. It is officially a part of the plan. Because in a way, when we decided to switch things up, I felt like I was completely turned off and that things were going to be shuffling all over the place and that we wouldn't be able to come back like you were saying, Kane. But it turned out to be the perfect thing that we both needed in the long run. So I'm really glad that we made this jump that you guys are soon to figure out what exact jump that was. I feel like it was multiple different jumps. Multiple <laughs> simultaneous things. Don't even know where to start. Happening. Literally, I have no idea where to start. I mean, I guess a good start is that like we're not no longer in Dallas. I mean, you're still in Dallas, but I'm yeah. not in Dallas. We're not in the same location. I'm in Nashville, Tennessee, and the separation it wasn't anything out of like animosity or anything like that. We're obviously still best friends, but we were in the middle of a scholarship slash grant opportunity that maybe some of you actually saw on our Instagram or on our social media where we posted. It was this opportunity to receive $75,000 via a grant. And we posted back in late October, a video basically to compete in this competition. And it was an opportunity to fund a venture, a business, a person that has an idea. And we made it to the top five, actually. And yeah, out of like 5,000. Yeah, out of a lot. Yeah. I don't know the exact number, but it was a lot of people that submitted for this mm-hmm. opportunity. And maybe some of you have applied to grants or scholarships or just any type of opportunity that could alleviate a lot of your economic uncertainty or financial stressors or things of that nature. And maybe you received it or maybe you didn't. But for us, and maybe you too, Victoria, can relate, I feel like I got so fixated on what the reality would look like Mm -hmm. after receiving that type of money and all Mm -hmm. of the generational traumas that would be alleviated. (laughs) And it was was just such a full, like long-winded process that we had to go through because as Mm -hmm. I said, we initiated the process in August, in late August, and we didn't receive notification of the results until early November. And so it was like a three month period and to get so close and for the opportunity to just be like, 
snatched away. Right. <laughs> it was just tough on the spirit. Tough on it, the spirit for sure. It's like, I hope this is just like the third time's the charm. Cause I feel like I'm learning this lesson over and over not to put all my eggs in a basket because it happened to us with Fulbright, same type of feeling. And it even happened to us last year when we, <laughs> for those of you who kept up with us, we got scammed out of like oh $2,000 or so forth. And we were, again, even it wasn't in the grant sense, like somebody was giving, actually it was like somebody was going to be giving us money and they were quote unquote trading on our behalf or whatnot. And I was so excited about the possibility that I completely lost track of what was in front of me or what could be like, what outside of the grant can I do or what can I receive if I don't, or what can I do if I don't receive it? Just being, I don't know, aware that you don't have to, that you won't get everything. (laughs) And when we didn't get it, it just, I don't know. I felt like it was for us. And again, it was another like, oop. (laughs) <laughs> Psych. <laughs> it's, it's not it's not this one it's not this yeah. one but I'm not taking it as a no I'm taking it as a not yet and so or maybe that we're not we but like maybe I'm not ready yet for something that large of an opportunity but I also want to say like it was it was it a bad thing for us to be in our bags like that like this person this opportunity can change our lives and will change our lives. And like, it's, I mean, to not have a backup plan, I think that's normal. I shouldn't be too hard on myself and be like, nah, you should have thought, you know, in the opposite or less optimistic about the situation and, you know, kind of downplayed it the whole time. But I didn't want to, cause I really felt like that was going to be a moment that we worked hard for and everything that we invested in last year and all the risks that we took were now accumulating to this moment of you know, leveling up. So was that bad? I don't think it was necessarily. I don't think it it was bad at all. I mean, I totally relate with that mentality. I think that, I mean, yeah, it was very much, I mean, I felt like I was in my bag, but apparently we were in someone else's bag. And (sighs) sometimes you'll have those moments regardless of what you might be applying to. But I felt like, I think that that was just universal timing and shout out to the person that won. I'm super excited to see whatever it is that you're creating. Congrats. Phenomenal. Literally congrats. Mm -hmm. And I have no doubt that whatever it is that you're going to bring into the universe and into the world is going to be extremely necessary and useful. Mm -hmm. But regardless, there were, like we said, there were top five people. There were people, there were five people that made it to the final round. And then also shout out to the aftergrads to the family members the people that voted for us or just in general mm-hmm. like shared the competition it was called the great unshackling let me back up as well it was called <laughs> great unshackling video contest and the impetus for this contest was sparked by the great resignation and if you've mm-hmm. been following us you also are aware that we were participants in that type of revolution that was happening and is still kind of percolating in the atmosphere as people continue to recognize that they want more they want to abandon overwhelmia and pursue opportunities that are near and dear and central to their passions and that's what they were funding in this particular contest and Mm -hmm. so for us to be so young and to have taken that risk it just felt like all of the stars were aligning and oh that's another thing too the Mm. moment that we learned about this result we were at a conference, which, yeah. as you as you know, <laughs> after grads, we talked in our previous episode, no comment. That's how I felt. We really, I personally just really was floored. I had nothing to say. I was sad, disheartened. And it was definitely an exercise in resiliency because to be amongst all of these like talented black tech leaders and to be in an environment where like I should be networking and trying to level up. And to have received this decision of 
where we were so close to receive this type of money to be rewarded for all of our efforts. Oh, it was so it was so difficult. I still haven't cried about it. And I don't know if mm. I will. And if I do, Same. that'll be totally fine. Yeah. But it was just it was just such a I don't even have a lot of words for it. It was just such an unreal experience. I felt like it was mm-hmm. an out-of-body experience mm-hmm. when I received and looked at my email and got that notification that you we weren't selected. Yeah. I couldn't imagine it happening any other way though, because mm-hmm. that's when I know it was beyond me and something placed. Personally, as I like to reference, it was something by God because if I was at home receiving that information and not in a place that inspired me and that gave me a glimpse of hope of where I can be, I I think it would have been a plummet for me. It would have been an in pit and stay there for a minute instead of the bounce back that within two weeks that we were able to do. Because even though we got the message, okay, so it was very inconvenient that we already, it already took a lot to get to Austin. Mind you, it's outside of the city. So it costs, it's costly. And then we're waiting anxiously to hear back to see whether or not we got it and our lives are going to be changed. Um, <laughs> but it's it, so like, it, while I'm anxious, I'm watching people who are leaders in Web3. While I'm anxious, I'm seeing individuals who are creating our next avatars and who are creating these next social media platforms and these social communities um, hosted in the digital space. And so that was like, oh my God, like, I'm so excited. I'm so excited to be here. Um, So when I got the bad news, I was like, dang, like this sucks. But I know what we see for ourselves and what we envision for the After Guide podcast has a place and space and being in that vicinity and close proximity to those great leaders who are doing what they do. And then hearing how the aftergrad fits into that place and being in that place to talk it out with other individuals, it gave me more of a like, okay, yes, I'm disappointed. And I'm going to be a little on the downside when I return home, but I, I'm not delusional. I'm not, I'm delusional in the right way, like in right. the <laughs> that I want, but I'm not delusional in the sense that what I think up here doesn't exist out there because, so I think I was very grateful to be in that space, but it did cost a lot. And then to also hear that the thing that could get us out of me thinking in like the costly expense debt route <laughs> was no longer an opportunity or a thing that I could reach for, for to like uplift me. And I had to now put my hope and my faith in again into the unknown was just kind of exhausting and like, okay, I have to, you know, be what I preach and <laughs> you have to be really big of yourself to take to actually take in information and receive it. So the fact that we always on the show are coming back and saying, just submit yourself to the unknown. It was another one of those moments. It gets harder, though. So I guess since the I don't know, since the intensity of like returning to having faith in the unknown is getting harder and more difficult. I'm assuming that eventually it's going to turn around for something really big in the future. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Unshackled. Yeah. <laughs> we, yeah. No, literally shout out to Unshackled. I mean, I think it's a, mm-hmm. it was a beautiful opportunity. I think it was perfect. And I hope other organizations maybe start something similar to give mm-hmm. other people an opportunity to just break free from the day-to-day grind, as they say, and their contest copywriting yeah. and as they promoted it and things mm-hmm. like that. But for me, I definitely think it would almost have been too easy for us. I mean, we mm-hmm. only started this about a year ago. As yeah. well. And as we've preached before, like it's definitely not a sprint. It's a marathon, as many people always say. 
and you have to love the journey and mm-hmm. to, to be entirely transparent. I think after receiving the decision, I was beginning to hate the journey just mm-hmm. a little bit. I was down in the dumps just slightly, but I just had to remind myself that all I can do is control what I can control in this right. life. And it kind of goes back to this commencement speech that Oprah Winfrey gave in 2013 at Harvard, actually. And I think it's very important both for us. And then also as we're about to enter a new year, we're about to get into 2023 as aftergrads, as like young people who are working towards whatever it is that you might be working towards in your career and your professional life, relationships, et cetera. We just have to always think about, and this is the point that Oprah mentioned, just think about the next right move. And I think mm-hmm. that summarizes both how we're internalizing this decision of not receiving this $75,000 grant for mm-hmm. our efforts. I think it goes to how we made the decision to split up and separate and not be in the same city because yeah. as much as we love the work that we're doing and we're literally here continuing it on because as you said, there's a place and a space for what we're talking about. I know it is because I mean, I talk to the people that are in my circle and then I see and read articles about how other young folks are also experiencing these issues around work Mm -hmm. and trying to navigate their careers. So I think you just have to, yeah, like you said, remain delusional almost or just dig deep into like those initial thoughts that you had or don't forget who you are. Like don't let Mm -hmm. society tell you who you are. Like as long as you remember who you are, you'll be fine. And I think that that's what I'm reminding myself of. I have to remember who I am. I have to remember what I offer and contribute and no one can tell me otherwise. And that's Mm. my period. (laughs) (laughs) Like that'll always be, that'll always be the end game. Yeah. Like regardless of where I'm at, regardless of what the bank account looks like, I know who I am and Mm -hmm. no job title, no money. Exactly. Elucidate that for me. Mm-hmm. I'm clear on who I am. Okay? Yeah. And I, I, I almost started associating my wealth or how much I have and the quality person I am with the Unshackled Wines opportunity. I felt like mm-hmm. that was connected. And since I, we didn't get that, we're not good enough or I'm not good enough. Right. And so you're, you're so spot on. I had to remind myself, uh, no, <laughs> that we should not peg our value to an opportunity to someone else giving us this position to someone giving us money or an investment, our value, it stays, it stays, it stays. It doesn't go down. It doesn't go, it's going to go up, but (laughs) that's besides the point. (laughs) It's not a matter of if it's just a matter of when. Yeah. And it doesn't come in the tangible things. And so just having that grinded into my head and, you know, maybe after this third time, I, regardless of what comes next, I know that, okay, if I get it or not, it's like, it's, it's, I want to be at the point where I'm a duck with water. It just rolls off my back. And I think our transition was a lot faster than, I mean, I don't know for me when I didn't get the Fulbright, bro, I was out for a month. (laughs) I was gone and out of it for a solid month. But so for this time, it took us about a week to figure out, okay, mm -mm, nope. I got to get my worth back. I got to figure out how I can love this journey again. And I got to see family. Immediately. And immediately, like we we knew what questions to ask ourselves yeah. to reevaluate our situation and to make the next step. It was so much quicker than before. So I'm very proud of, you know, how we're handling, quote unquote, adversity or how we're handling things that don't necessarily go the way that we so saw for ourselves. We're definitely moving a lot faster, which makes us more efficient. And I think mm-hmm. will only get us quicker to where we want to go. But again, still not trying to rush the journey, but having to refine that com- comfort in the journey, it definitely, it looked like moving for you. So yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Tell them, tell them the tea. Yeah, Why, I how mean, did you come to that? There was, I mean, okay. So 
even when I was in Dallas, right, we mm-hmm. were living with a parent. I wasn't living with my parent. We were living with your mom. And for me in the past, I just didn't want that for me. I didn't want to have to rely on my family mm-hmm. to sustain myself or mm-hmm. to create the type of independence that I always so desperately fought for. But mm-hmm. again, as we mentioned on the show, like we're just living in unprecedented circumstances right now. And there's mm-hmm. just a lot of uncertainty. But in that moment, when we were returning from Austin, we didn't receive this grant. It was feeling like deja vu from Fulbright all over again. And I just didn't know what was what, again, struggling to love the journey. The one thing that was calling to me was family in that mm-hmm. moment. That 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 was literally it. And specifically, it was both of my parents, but specifically, it was my dad due to a specific personal connection that I have to him in regards to how I used to play tennis. And I just knew going to that or that statement that Oprah was saying, the next right move. I didn't know anything else. And I'm still trying to figure out what's next. But in that moment, I just knew that I had to get a rental car, get mm-hmm. on the road, pack my things from where I was staying with you in Dallas and get here. And let me tell you, it has been the right move because mm-hmm. I feel at peace and we're back here, right? It kind of reminds me of when you're in college, right? As to why we didn't publish an episode two weeks ago. We were trying all different things. I mean, <laughs> when you have an assignment that's due, right? Yeah. And it's about to be late or it's already late. You have a few options. You can either cheat. You can cheat off of one of your fellow peers. You can rush and just fill it out quickly. You can submit random gibberish and it means nothing. You can submit BS or you cannot turn it in altogether. None of those options really appeal to us. I mean, Mm -hmm. we had you consider doing an episode in the studio where you're still at by yourself. And then we just ruminated over all of those different options, because we are committed to showing up for the aftergrad, even when we're feeling down in the dumps and just unclear and uncertain. But it just didn't feel right. It felt rushed almost. And Mm -hmm. we felt that it was smarter to just take care of our mental health and take care of our situation and status first. And we knew that we would come back when we were ready and we were more clear on just just level-headed. <laughs> I don't want to just be coming all back discombobulated and unsure and just to get something out. Although I think mm-hmm. it probably still would have been a fine message to share, but it just it just didn't feel right. And we both agreed on that. And that's literally what has led to while we're not in the same location. And yeah, I'm again, as we're about to get into 2023, I don't, I just don't know what's next. I don't have the energy to try it's to think about it. It's a huge question mark for me. This is the first time. Yeah, I want to say I it's, the first, <laughs> it's the first time. <laughs> it's truly a first time where I have no idea even what tomorrow brings <laughs> for me. And in some ways that is so stressful, but now I'm chilling, mad chilling. But, and again, it's like when you start to chill and it's about that submission or that intuition into what you think is next and just slowly, gradually get back into it. You'll get back into the rhythm and the flow of the vibe of the universe again, and then it will take you where you need to go. So with that, like I was able to get some clarity and not necessarily what tomorrow brings, but an opportunity that has presented itself for in the fall will bring. And so I'm just gradually getting myself back into the rhythm of preparing myself for that possible opportunity. but simultaneously, I have to be figure out how to make my state in Dallas 
happy and <laughs> comfortable, like you said. Because like your move, okay. So was it in post? Tell I want to know more about mm-hmm. the the voice. You know how everyone says something told me, my spirit mm-hmm. told me, my yeah. gut was telling me. <laughs> when it told you, so was your response like, uh, uh-uh, uh, we go, we gonna stick this out. I don't know who talking. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Because it might have seemed from the outside in, especially like as your friend, like that it was an impulsive decision. But, you know, me as well, I just I heard it. I was like, yes, like I see it for you for sure. But someone outside looking in could be like, Uh okay, you telling me the the same week you just up and rented a car. Mm -hmm. Yeah, right. It it, it totally (laughs) looks impulsive. I mean, one thing about me, I I very rarely I mean, I can't think of very many impulsive decisions that I made. I'm just a very thought out person. I mean, I'm general, I'm very intuitive, introspective. I think a lot before I act and Mm -hmm. I'm always considering multiple perspectives. So whenever I'm making an action or I'm engaging in confrontation or anything like that, I've thought multiple alternative realities and multiple scenarios that could possibly Mm -hmm. play out. And so when I'm making a decision, it's been thought about. So no, it wasn't impulsive, but I could see how someone might think it as impulsive. Mm -hmm. But I think the only way that I can describe it is the universe, higher powers that be just spoke to me. Like mm-hmm. after listening to the commencement speech by Oprah, and then also speaking with your mom too, who has loads of wisdom, wisdom, shout out to her for just being there for us in that moment. And then your dad as well. And then my parents too, just always offering mm-hmm. just their two cents, always much appreciated. It just, it just made sense. And mm-hmm. I don't even know how else to describe it. I mean, it, yes, I did hear a voice that said, go home. And then also as I'm thinking about how my dad received it when I gave him a call saying, Hey dad, can I come home? I really think that that's just the next right move for me. I think that that's just where I need to be. He told me that a month before that he had prayed for that exact thing for me to either come home or prayed for when he would be able to see me for an extended period of time. And then here I am in the middle of my journey saying it's time for me to return home. And I was, I was raised primarily. I lived with my mom for the majority of my upbringing, but my dad was in the picture. Yes. Mm -hmm. But I was generally living with my mom. And so that type of time with my dad, it was generally on the tennis court, but then of course there were other moments, but yeah, it's, it's just been great because I feel like I'm going or I'm regaining or building a lot of not to say what wasn't there, but this is the type of time that I longed for to have with my dad when I was younger. And Mm -hmm. regardless of how I got here, I think it's divine timing. It's it's perfect. It's right on schedule. And I'm not thinking much about it. I've been I'm super happy. I'm not feeling depressed. I'm still irritated by the decision of everything. But it it is what it is. Also, in regards to people too, I don't know if some of you all are living at home with your parents. I know again, I already mentioned like that's just not what I saw for myself, and probably mm-hmm. many of you as well. But there was a stat that was released by Business Insider that said nearly fifty percent or nearly half of young adults, and that's ages eighteen to twenty nine, are living at home with their parents right now. Mm-hmm. And that's as high, That's a very high number, and that's very close to the peak that it's ever been. And that that reality that fifty percent is not living on Instagram, like it, it it's not seen on IG, it's not seen on the socials. We're seeing everybody out on yachts, everybody in their own place. Yeah. So we're seeing like less than less than half of what is our what we're actually living. 
So to hear that, I'm like, oh, got to remind myself like, no. Yeah. It's, and I know. had to remind one of my friends, too, because, I mean, they were reaching out to me and just they, they're dealing with some stuff in regards to work and having to take on a second job and things of that nature. And yeah, I mean, me, as I just returned home, I shared that article with them and they were like, I mean, yeah, it totally makes sense. Like, I'm feeling it. I'm, I know other people around me are probably feeling it too. But yeah, for me, it just, it was, it was, it was good to see because you just don't know. I'm all about data too. Like I, I mm-hmm. care deeply about like what the statistics say and what the research suggests and what that's communicating. So whenever I see a data point, I'm like, okay, well, I don't know how you got that, but to see it and to know that you're a reputable source, that gives me a lot of peace because like you just don't know when you're on social media and social media is a whole other conundrum in and of itself right now. Like I'm not spending a lot of time on there. I definitely am taking breaks, but yeah, that's how I came to to that decision. And I think I'm better. I'm better for it. I think we're better for it. I think we just needed time. And I'm sure mm-hmm. you told me offline too, and you should share with the Aftergrad fam as well, like what are some of your next steps and what you're looking forward to. But we also just wanted to like relock in to our own personal lives too, because mm-hmm. there it felt like we just built this whole universe because upon my arrival, the unshackled challenge had already been initiated and everything that we were kind of doing was to build up to that moment. And so mm-hmm. when it all came crashing down, it was like, okay, well, what's left? Right. Well, us, <laughs> our lives are separate mm-hmm. individual existences and we have to go and rediscover that and then just discover the new opportunities that exist. So it's been, it's been bittersweet. It's been well worth it, but yeah, like, what are you looking forward to? What have you been able to do with this somewhat of, I guess, new free time of us not being together 24 seven? Yeah. It's, it's funny that you say that question because that's the very question I've been avoiding and steering my mental and my meditations away from is like, what's next or what do I need to be doing next? Or am I doing the right thing and questioning that? Because it was like those three questions that were stressing me out. And I had to figure out, okay, but I do want to ask questions and figure out my truth. And so I think that's what I started to lock into. Instead of those questions, I started locking into what is my truth. And I started writing again, because I find a lot of truth within my word and then the words that I study as well. And hearing not the voices, but seeing the signs and hearing the people around me and the wisdom and to decipher what is a distraction or what is just fluff and what is actually real. And I think in society, we have so many things surrounding us that can be taking us away from what we should be focusing on. And so when I was in this moment of like, I don't know what to do, I was starting to scavenge for anything that could give me a sign. I started to question whether or not I should be in corporate because again, like my degree, the trajectory for me was to come out and to get an entry-level job and to be in the corporate space and then to slowly like work myself up the ladder. And so that whole idea was starting to be plugged back into me. And I was starting to convince myself that I chose wrong when I graduated and that I should have, you know, just stuck with the track, stuck with the simple, not this, it's not simple at all. Cause for the ladies and the guys who are doing that, that's not a simple road either. But to me, it just looks a lot more secure and I could be completely wrong because we recently <laughs> just got news <laughs> that like Twitter and so many other companies are going through layoffs. Mm-hmm. So like, honestly, like my heart is with you for those who are on that journey. But for me and that moment, I was going back to that and I was like, dang, like I should, it just, it seems right. Like you get your 401k, you get your health insurance and you get that steady income of checks. And I was 
beginning to <laughs> trickle down the whole of like searching for jobs again and like more jobs that could put me on that track because um, I just felt like everything that I, that was bringing in money was only for like my temporary and not for like my long haul. It wasn't like, you know, feeding me for what who I want to become, but it is, it is. And so I, I I'm coming full circle, but I do want to say that I spent about a week doing that, like signing up for conferences. Apparently I'm signed up and for this how many government. jobs? How Bro, many jobs I signed up to immediately like, after because like, that number shook me after we were still in Austin and the decision, you were like, I'm already I just searching. started shooting my resume everywhere. I swear, I think it came up to about 32. Uh-huh. And I still have some interviews scheduled that I really should just cancel. <laughs> Oh my goodness. I really should just cancel because, but I mean, none of them were speaking to me in the first place. And I, and then I even, you know, went to some of the interviews and got on the line and in talking to them, I, it was another reminder that that's not, this is not your truth. This is not who you are. And, um, don't ignore her again. Like I've done it before in my life and it completely took away from the, who I was and it had me hiding and it had me in tears behind doors because I was not living out my all facets of myself. And so I had a, I had a crying session. It wasn't necessarily over the unshackling, but it was the fact that I felt myself trying to become something that I'm not again, just for the Mm -hmm. sake of what I feel like I want instead of focusing on the things that I wanted, instead of focusing on the things that I just need right now. And when I started to ask myself the questions, what do you need right this second? And, you know, currently what I realized that I need right now is quite simple. I just need an allotted amount of time to continue my language learning, to continue my research, to continue writing, and to have time to report back to the after aftergrad podcast. Um, and then in addition to all that, the, to fund it. So that's a job, but not, you know, it doesn't have to be the corporate job. It needs to be a flexible job because now I'm realizing that I don't necessarily want to be here either. I don't want to be in Dallas and where I'm going to next will, you know, stay tuned for that. But in knowing that I need to make another pivot and another move, I I can't grow roots here. So I shouldn't necessarily hop into the corporate space. And so realizing that the corporate was not me, but then also that it just wouldn't work for what I plan in the future was I was, you see, I was starting to figure out that truth. And so next was like, okay, realigning all of that and just coming to center and um, no longer asking myself what to do because I know what to do. I know what I need to be focusing on and what's going to be next. I need to stop asking that question. And now the question that I keep reiterating to myself is um, who am I becoming? Who am I becoming? Who am I becoming? And then that just really recenters myself and takes away all that anxiety of like what I'm currently doing or what is to be next. And just simply asking who am I becoming takes me back to who, what I see, because I think I've expressed on the show a lot that a lot of my goals are written out in the form of visual representations and like mood boards and stuff like that. And so who am I becoming? I look to that. And when I see that, I realize that I'm having, it's kind of, I don't have any other choice, but to carve out a place for myself and to cut out my own mold. And it's unfortunate and it has its downfalls for sure in terms of like feeling like, darn it, like I'm so off track and I'm so not where I want to be or I'm not where my friends are. It it has, it's a very, let's just say it's a very 
humbling moment and experience. And I have to stay committed to it and I have to be confident in it. And I think that's the new journey I'm on right now is just having confidence that this is it. Like this is who I am and where I'm at. So, and it doesn't look like, like you said, it doesn't look how I want it to. Like I'm currently with my mom, but I'm finding beauty in that and trying to just write all everything, all the emotions that I'm experiencing in this moment, because there's, there's beauty and you're supposed to be positioned somewhere for a reason. And so instead of being so, you know, frustrated and angry and just locking myself off and blocking myself within my room and just praying and hoping for the day I leave, I'm opening my door and figuring out what are the needs of my parents because at the end of the day, they are humans as well. And so what are some things that I can learn from them in this moment that I have with them? Because tomorrow isn't promised. My parents are getting older and I'm finding, you know, I'm I'm learning a lot from them. So like I'm having my dad, he has his businesses. And so I'm helping him with that. And then I'm getting to help my mom with other things around the house. So it's, it's coming full circle. So to answer your question on what is next, I don't know, but I do know who I'm becoming and I'm very proud of that. And so right now I'm just talking to mentors and talking to a lot of my elders. That's what I'm doing right now. And that's what I'm, that's what's next on the agenda. <laughs> that's, a, that's a good thing. That's a good Thanks, thing friend. to know the answer to. Yeah. Like knowing yeah. who you're becoming, because I think there's a lot of people that are lost in themselves yeah. and might not know who they're becoming. They don't know who they are and they mm-hmm. might not even know how to learn who they want yeah. to be in yeah. this life. And yeah, I think that's such an honor and a privilege. I think Mm -hmm. in this moment, I'm reminded of a conversation that we had with your mom. She was asking us questions after we received the decision. And it was basically like, what do you need in this exact moment? Or another way, Mm -hmm. what do you want in this exact moment? Either way, you want to think about it. And I responded, I said, and I think that there are a lot of things, but the first thing that came to my mind it is rooted in finances and mm-hmm. money. And I said that I just want to be paid for what I was trained to do. That right. was literally how I formulated it. And, you know, sometimes I think we forget how lucky we can be. I mean, to think about the type of education that we had and the type of experiences that we've been so blessed to receive yeah. that, and this is not us, but this is certain times, young people or just individuals in general we'll feel as though the world owes us something or we'll feel as though we put in a certain amount of time and then this is supposed to happen because that's just the way that it's supposed to be. And to say that you have those emotions and those feelings doesn't make you a bad person. I think that it's normal to have those emotions, but I think it's important to also understand why those thoughts can be detrimental to just your long-term success. So for me, I think the greatest privilege right now being back on the tennis court, helping my dad teach and helping young tennis talent, something that I once was in a mm. previous life a few years ago, develop their skills. And that's what that's one of the things that I'm currently doing. So for me, it's like, if I were to answer the question again, it's like, how can I be useful? And that's that's literally mm-hmm. it. I just want to be useful. Like mm-hmm. take away the money element. I I just want to help. I just want to be useful. I just want to contribute and make mm-hmm. people feel good. Like that's that's literally it. And I hope other people would do the same for me. If right. not, that's okay. But I know for me, I gain great pleasure in making someone else's day, be that I'm hitting with someone on the tennis court who isn't as good as me or who isn't as trained as I am or just offering helpful advice based on yeah. where I've been. And mm-hmm. I just have to continue to believe that the money will come 
the notoriety and the recognition will fall into place as it should all in due time. And yeah, I don't even, I don't know any other way to put it. Like that's, that's all that I want. And I'm finding it. I'm in that moment right now, based on the examples Mm -hmm. that I just shared. So Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm good to say that I'm still entirely comfortable with everything and where my life is at as we're entering the holiday season that can just be such a time especially with the climate changing and the weather and the seasonalities and things of that nature too i'm not a don't like the cold weather as we've expressed on the show before so whenever (laughs) that happens like i'm in nashville it gets it can get pretty cold here and sometimes it snows and i just don't that doesn't bode well for me and my mental health (laughs) but i'm working through it i'm doing i'm doing okay so in summary, I just want to be helpful and be useful. No, that's really a point. Sometimes when you're in your own turmoil, a a great way to, and I'm not saying like this is a tactic and like, you know, this was all planned because you were feeling a certain way. You were then were like, okay, I must do this in order to feel this way. But I did see this like research and it was saying the best thing you can do when you're in a place within yourself that you feel like you're doomed or you feel like you're depressed or, you know, that everything is falling apart is to go out and give or give a compliment. They say like, do something simple like that. And I I wasn't taking that in. I I heard that a long time ago, but like you in this moment of uncertainty and with me trying to figure out the answers within me, trying to figure out my truth again and stuff like that in between, instead of like thinking about the finances and so forth, I went out of my way to you know, try to give to other people. And I've gotten a chance and I don't want to get too much into the detail because some of it is kind of confidential, but I was able to recently like see families and to see children who are in situations that are way beyond, you know, things that I experienced. And it made me realize so much I have to be grateful for and so much that I have to be happy for in my present state. And so just going out of your way to give, like, I, I love that you brought that up because it it brought me so much peace that I was, you know, like, okay, I have nothing to complain about. Uh, complain about. There's so much more work to be done for so many other people. And so now I'm kind of stuck on that right now. I'm going on a wave of like, okay, what can I do today? Can I call a family? Can I go to an adoption center? I like to do walks. And so I recently went to the adoption center. They just said that I can, you know, take a dog a day and just walk them around the park and so forth. And I've been feeling better. Like we think that it's taking time away from us. It's taking time away from our career and our goals and stuff like that. But honestly, it just brings you back to who you are and what humans are meant to do. We're meant to be together and to uplift each other and so forth. And so to get outside of our own bags and to be helpful with someone else is just definitely, it it, it goes both ways. Like you think you're only giving of yourself, but it ends up filling you up too. So anyway, I love that. I love that for you, friend. like I've shared practically everything. Well, actually, maybe not, to be honest. I'm thinking about also like where I'm at, some of the moves that I've made. I feel like, not to say that I got complacent, but after I got to Nashville, I wanted to just make sure that I was using all of the resources that I've received over the years to the fullest of their ability. And I feel like I was underestimating the ability of like reaching out to people or cold emailing individuals. And so just as a note for myself, as I'm trying to make moves in my career and figure out how to both balance the money and the passion and things like that, 
one thing that I'm focusing on as the new year approaches is just trying to meet people. I'm in a new city. I was in a new city in Dallas and I had the privilege of meeting people during my short <clears throat> stay there. And I'm trying to do the same in Nashville. And mm -hmm. I have a leg up when I'm in Nashville too, because this is where my dad is based. And so, yeah, I'm just, I'm just trying to, to move forward, to just put one foot in front of the other. I think that's literally my mentality right now. My dad literally told me the other day, like, you're, you're going to figure it out. You're, mm -hmm. you're going to figure it out. And that gives me a lot of peace. I don't believe you necessarily <laughs> when, I'm in, <laughs> when I'm in the current headspace, when I'm going back yeah. and forth of juggling all these emotions, like, yes, thank you for telling me that I'm going to figure it out. But mm -hmm. in this current moment, it looks like I don't have it all figured out. And it's mm -hmm. crazy too, because I'm thinking about my time on college. Like, I just... I really, I really thought, thought it was. I knew. I, really I knew. I, I really thought I was that girl. I, I really mean, thought. Same. And I mean, I can't be I shy mean, about it. But I was though. Let me just let me just <laughs> go ahead and be fully transparent. Like I was. Let me just. Oh, I just want to just leave them with this. Like I was. I had it all figured out. I really, really did. And I genuinely felt. And maybe this is me being too inward looking. But I felt like people felt as though I had it all figured out as well. That's not to say that I had. <laughs> I didn't have days where I felt like crap and I felt like I was lost. But generally, I felt as though I was a resident assistant. I was an orientation leader. Generally, I held leadership positions. And so to be in this transition moment where I'm feeling like I'm at the bottom or I'm lost and just unsure, it's just it's a, it's a weird dynamic for me. It's a weird yeah. dynamic. And I we actually I mean, speaking of other initiatives that we have. We have our newsletter too. So in lieu of the episode and the video that we normally publish, we actually publish one of our issues of Unlearn. Subscribe to Unlearn if you haven't. It's We've talked about it before, but it's our newsletter that we release. And we were responding to one of our like aftergrad submissions. And in it was basically just talking about next steps and things of that nature. It proves that it's, it can, it happens to the best of us. I, that's why I'm, that part. I love that you're saying you were that chick on campus yeah. because I, I, I was too. It wasn't like we were lollygagging around and then all of a sudden we graduated and we're like, oh, we don't know because we were lollygagging around. No, like we took college very seriously, especially I'm going to speak for myself, but where I come from, education was stressed and it was that you come bring your best self to the table and it's, it's a privilege to be here. And so when I went through college, I ate it up as if, you know, like there was no tomorrow because I knew how much it took to be there and I knew how much my parents sacrificed for me to be there. So the plan was to return on their investment. And so <laughs> I was like, this has, uh -oh. to, it has to be planned out. It has to be planned. And so for me to be here right now saying, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you don't know? <laughs> what do you mean? I don't know. What, what is you, this? What this? This is and, impossible. And it's crazy. I'm so grateful because my parents are more chill about me not knowing than I am. Like I I'm hate it. I, it, I hate it, it. It bothers it, me. I'm like, do you know how much? Hold on. <laughs> I know. I know. It's so back and forth because I'm like, wait, what is this calm demeanor? Right. Like, right. Why? Why? <laughs> why, why are you, are you okay? As me? Why are like, you okay? <laughs> oh, I completely. So oh, I it completely trips understand. me up when and but it it makes me it can make me cry too. The fact that they're just like, I know you got it. It's going to come around. It's going to be fine. I'm like, but no, uh -huh. but like it has to be happening now. And like you did this. And so I should be able to do this now and da, 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 da. But 
the fact when when they have peace in it, it makes me realize, okay, they're patient and they're happy with where I'm at and they're already proud of me. And to have parents that already feel like I'm enough is such a privilege and it, it's so refreshing and it, it's so probably the one thing that's keeping me together, to be honest, because I know that's not um, extended to everyone. But for those of you who maybe the source of having someone to, you know, tell you that you are enough is from somewhere else, but like, make sure you cling to those people, those friends, those uncles, those aunts, or those, you know, those of you who are adopted into other families, like just cling cling to those because that that's what gets us through it's bottom line community it's bottom like you were saying network that's community family that's community like at the end of the day the thing that it's it's not a self journey it's not a selfish journey it's not an independent journey and i'm really learning the importance of being dependent in my season right now and Mm -hmm. as a black woman i'm told all the time that you know i'm more attractive if, if i'm independent i'm you know, stronger if I'm independent. And so to unlearn that lesson is in this season is huge for me and to learn the value of being dependent on others too and uplifting others in my journey can only excel us all forward and finding the truth within that is just huge right now. So yeah. On that note, oh, okay. Just just one final thought because you brought up like... (laughs) (laughs) this comment of like black women being dependent and ownership i have an older black woman in my life who i Mm. interned for it was the a lady that i interned for at her nonprofit organization that actually intersects with what we talk about on the show where she helps black students and brown students get admitted into the university of their choice and she has a very niche and unique approach to doing that and making that a reality for students And she was talking to me. I was on the phone with her the other day and she's been trying to generate some different partnerships for her nonprofit. And long story short, a lot of them haven't been working out in the way that she had hoped. And in working with these people, one of the statements that she made to me was that it's just so important for people of any age or demographic to understand what you know and what you bring to the table, but then also understand as much as we all should be striving to own something because ownership, especially in the minority community is so Mm -hmm. lacking, but it's also so essential for Mm long-term success. It's so important to understand when it's time to rescind control. Mm. And that just, she broke me down and now I'm building myself back up (laughs) because I just love those words. And Mm -hmm. there was nothing else that needed to be communicated because I understood exactly what she was saying. And it's just so funny how this woman is much older than me and I'm much younger than her and we're in our different phases of life and how for both of our realities that makes so much sense and so i hope fellow aftergrads can take something from that because that that's where i'm at right now Mm -hmm. i think just rescinding knowing where in my life it's appropriate and necessary to rescind control All right, Aftergrads, thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Aftergrad Podcast. If you enjoyed or want to stay updated with us, give us a follow on Instagram at the Aftergrad Podcast. If you enjoyed our visual version, I have some news. It is now transforming and shifting in the form of reels, shorts, and TikToks. So if you guys enjoyed our extended visual version, just be sure to stay tuned in to when we set up shop in Patreon.
We also have a newsletter where we feature some of the scenarios, questions, or comments that you all submit to us via our Dear Aftergrad submission form. And if you'd like to hear some of our feedback or friendly advice on the show or in an upcoming newsletter, definitely fill out that form, which you can access via our episode description. And we would really appreciate a five-star review. Not only does that help us grow this Aftergrad family, but we genuinely on the other side feel the love. And with that, as always, Aftergrads, thank you so much for sticking around with us. We appreciate your patience. Show yourself some love as we're about to enter 2023 and we'll see you in two weeks.